0: Welcome.
1: Benvenuti. Hola. Bienvenido.
0: Welcome to the A Fire podcast now streaming on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Each episode features real and honest conversations with thought leaders from around the world at all levels of the commercial real estate and investing business, examining the ideas and questions fundamental to the future of our industry. Where are we now? What happens next? What should we do about it? How do we become better investors, leaders, and global citizens? For more, here's your host and the CEO of AFIRE. Gunnar Branson.
1: One of the hardest things to do right now is network with clients, with colleagues, with anybody. But I was talking on a Zoom call, of course, to a friend of mine recently who suggested that networking shouldn't be done at all. Now, that there's a much better way. To build a business. So I thought it would make a lot of sense to have him join me here on the podcast. So, Bill Himmelstein is CEO of the Tenant Advisory Group in Chicago and someone who has built his business uh, from the ground up. So I'm very excited to learn from you, Bill, today and uh, welcome to the A Fire podcast.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to be here.
1: Excellent. Well, I, let's just start with talking about your business. Um, I, I feel like it, it emerged so quickly and and so easily, but I'm sure there was a lot more to it.
2: Oh no, it was just super easy. I decided to start in one day. You know, the next day I was up, off and running, very profitable. Uh, no, that's that's not exactly how it goes. But honestly, the what I the reason why I started my business was because the bigger real estate firms were very focused on transactions. And I get that. That's what they're, that's how they make their profit. That's how they make their money is through transactions. But I thought that there was a better way to do it. There was a better way to get to the transaction. And that was with building a relationship. That was with becoming a partner to the potential client rather than being a vendor. And so while we do the same thing, as such firms as C.B. Richard Ellis and Jones Lang LaSalle, right? We're tenant rep brokers. We represent uh, companies buying and selling properties as well as looking to lease commercial space. Uh, But the way that we get to our clients, which is what we're gonna talk about and focus on today, is what allows me to do exponentially more transactions than any of my competitors, as well as um, have exponentially more client testimonials than my competitors.
1: So, all right. Well, why don't we get to it here and and give me an explanation. What what do you mean no networking? You're building your business. You must have done quite a bit of that.
2: Yeah, and and you know I um, I agree with you 100% in that it's not about networking because the connotation that comes with networking is go to a room full of thousands of people and make it rain with your business card. And if you walk out of that room having 10 or 20 business cards, you've succeeded. I don't believe in that. I don't buy into that. What I believe in and what I strive to do is to be a connected connector. What that means is you connect with the right people, the people that can either be potential clients to you or can refer you to potential clients, and then you strive to connect them to the people they want to meet so i know it's 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 very um un uh it's unnatural to to put down your salesman hat and to you know everybody wants to talk about what they do and what they sell but if you can sit down in front of somebody and ask them uh, earnestly and and with sincerity how can i support you what can i do to support the growth of your business uh It's most oftentimes it's going to revolve around getting new clients for them, getting them in front of new opportunities, giving them at bats to win new clients. And if you can do that for someone else, then you become a partner rather than a vendor. And that's when regardless of what your product or service is, when that ticket comes up on their docket, you're getting the phone call.
1: So it's almost as if you go into these environments where perhaps you're meeting someone new, where there's lots of people there, that instead of talking about your own deal or your own agenda, you're really focused on the other person's agenda. Would that be fair?
2: You're spot on and it's so counterintuitive, right? You don't show up saying, hey, I'm the best broker in the world. Tell me about your lease and how much space do you have and how much are you paying? And you got to use me when that lease comes due. But rather, if you come in saying, tell me about you and your business, who are your ideal clients? What are the biggest challenges you're facing? And if you can support that person across the table in overcoming some of their challenges, or getting in front of new business opportunities, you've already won the game. You have been a successful salesperson without selling
1: your product or service. That sounds to me like a discipline, almost like something that um, you always have to watch. Do you ever find yourself slipping? <laughs> oh, sorry, is that? Or, or or has it become just so much second nature that it isn't anymore? How do you move from saying, all right, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna sell, And I'm going to I'm going to make the best case for why you need to buy my product, invest in my fund, whatever it might be, um, and somehow move that to I'm not going to talk about that at all. Let's just start with where you are. It's a great question,
2: and it requires a tremendous amount of discipline. But to start, what it requires is patience. That's the number one thing, because we're all out there. You know, our competitors are chasing transactions. And what I'm talking about Is chasing relationships. Relationships are longer term and they're going to be there when times are tough. They're going to be there when times are good. You can build upon them. You can have multiple relationships with many, many people. uh, But it all starts with patience. And it's about putting down your salesperson hat and listening to the other side about how you can best support them and then doing that. Now, in the short term, that doesn't bring you revenue immediately. What it does do in the long term is bring you a tremendous amount of revenue and continuous more steady streams of revenue.
1: It reminds me a little bit of uh, something that was told to me when I was a little kid. Um, And there was this fellow that was uh, a fishing games kind of guy. I mean, he was he lived out in, in the middle of a park area and took care of uh, took care of the landscape, made sure that everyone, you know, behaved the way they should when they're out camping and everything else. And he once advised me, we went fishing together. It was a wonderful trip. And uh, he said, don't fish hungry. They know. Huh. I love it. Uh, it's the kind of thing that Obi-Wan would say, right? <laughs> you know, something like that. I don't know. But it... It's interesting to me because what you seem to be describing is someone who who understands that, yes, there's business to be had. Yes, there's clients that at some point will be valuable. But the instant you fish hungry, you've diminished your ability to succeed.
2: 100%. I would agree with that 100%. I mean, and I think people can smell desperation, right? You wear it on your sleeve, and that's what cold calling is. Cold calling is desperation, in my opinion. But when you can sit back and not worry about the sale, but rather work to understand how you can best support that person across the table, because you've already vetted, you know, they can be a tremendous resource to you. They can be a great client. They could be uh, an entry point to many great clients. So you have to figure out how are you gonna get them to think about you? How are you gonna get them to want to help you? And it all starts with that givers gain, pay it forward approach where you're working to support them. Now, some people will tell you, 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 you help others without the expectation of being supported back. I disagree with that. I mean, we are here to make money and to be profitable and get in front of new opportunities. And so I am comfortable communicating at the very outset of my conversation. This is the way I do business. I'm going to work to support the growth of yours with the expectation that you are going to support me in the growth of mine. But it starts with giving you know, you give first and sometimes you're going to get burned. You're going to refer an opportunity to somebody who never opens any doors for you or never hires you. Uh, but then you move on and you, you move to the next person. But, um, you know, what I've found with this approach, typical broker might do five to seven transactions in a given year. Maybe a busy broker does 10. I do about 40 transactions a year. Uh, And I don't, I I rarely ask somebody for their business. I rarely say, hey, what's going on? When's your lease coming due? You got to hire me. What happens is I build a relationship that's predicated upon me bringing them value. I might ask them after I've supported them and made introductions for them. I might ask them for introductions to people in their network, which they, Typically, readily comply with. They're only too happy to support me back if I can point them in the right direction to do so. But when there is an opportunity, um, I I, more often than not, I get the phone call.
1: So that's the effortless part, right? Where it just comes to you at that point after you've done your gardening, after you've taken care of everything, after you've made sure that your personal network. Um, is as strong as can be.
2: Very much so. And I I will say I have changed my approach slightly in the COVID era. Uh, You know, prior, I would say it was, you know, 100% relationship-based prospecting. And post-pandemic, I will say I I have done a little bit more of um, proactive outreach saying, Here's how I can support you with my expertise. You know, you know I've been supporting you with introductions and referrals and invitations to events where there's going to be your potential clients and, you know, introductions to uh, investment sources or, you know, capital, whatever it is. You know I've been able to support you in that manner. Here's another way that I can support you and just letting them know, "Hey, I can renegotiate a lease. I can get you some free rent." We can help you relocate. We can help you buy a property. We can help you sell a property. Letting people know that. And that too has led to lots of opportunities. However, I have not mentioned that until after I've what I call filled the well. I've I've done something to put something in their well uh, to add value to them before I say, hey, just so you know, this here's my revenue generating activity and what I can do to support you in that respect.
1: Well... I- that that begs a question right there in terms of virtuality. Uh, so you're still you're still filling the well even though you're being virtual. Um, a lot of a lot of folks that raise capital within the AFR membership, um, some have been successful uh, and some others. But certainly, it's a struggle for everyone to create new relationships in this environment, to get to know someone and build that relationship even though you you never shake hands with them, you never have a meal with them. How how are you approaching that? What are some of the the kind of lessons learned that you've had in this COVID time? I mean,
2: that's a very, very timely question. And to be perfectly frank, it is absolutely more challenging. Um, you know, I like to say to people who who talk about, well, we're going to be virtual in perpetuity, you know, forever. And I say, well, let me ask you this if you are pitching a big deal, you know, pandemic aside, would you rather be in person or do it over Zoom? And of course, it's, oh, I'd rather be in person. And I said, okay. And if you're hiring uh, a large vendor, would you rather know them in person or know them virtually? And of course, it's overwhelmingly uh, in person. And I say, and if you've got junior members on your team that you're trying to train into your organization. Would you rather do that virtually or uh, in person? Same thing with onboarding employees. Same thing with having meetings. Same thing with collaborating. All these things, they are better in person, but that's not really an option right now. What we have to work with is the virtual, and that's what we've got to maximize. And so really the key for me is has been to stick with the same approach. You know, I pre pandemic, I was getting in front of, I would say, six to eight new business owners that I hadn't met every single week. And that's still the case. I'm still able to get in front of six to eight, what I would designate as prospects, every single week through introductions. Uh, I go through the same process of Tell me more about you and your business. What challenges are you facing, and how can I best support what you're doing? And it's still about execution, following through, doing what you say you're going to do. You know, trying to add value to them and and, and support the growth of their business. Um, you know, I will say I've still gotten hired by people I've never met in person. So it is possible. It can be done. I think we would all prefer to shake someone's hand, break bread with them, you know, have a meal with them, uh, have, a, have a cocktail with them, whatever. I think that's going to build the relationship faster. But if you're out there virtually executing and following through and striving to bring someone else value, um, it's seen, it's noticed, and it's appreciated. And you will... Uh, be, increase your importance to that person by by bringing the type of value that we're talking about.
1: It, it makes sense to me, Bill. I mean, when you think about how much of the work that you end up doing for someone whom you are building a relationship with actually happens after you get, get back to the office, happens after you have had a moment to kind of collect all your notes and, and do something for them. And obviously we're doing the same thing here. If, if we are able to at least create some sense of comfort uh, even though we are virtual I think that's often the, the hardest part and you know you're not certainly you're not the only one who's figuring out how to find new clients how to uh, raise capital from new sources all those kinds of things I'm hearing that from from folks all around figuring out ways to do it but here's here's another way of looking at this what have you if if we go back uh, you know in a month or two or whatever or maybe it's six months maybe it's longer but when we go back, and you look back at the time of COVID and all the things you had to do to adapt, what are some of the things that you think you got maybe better at or things that you learned that you'll take with you even when you're able to go have a cup of coffee with someone?
2: Yeah, 100%. Great question. And I I think it comes back to me moving from having to to pivot from a relationship-based seller to an opportunity-based seller. And what I mean by that is being a little bit more direct about You know i can ask them all day long how i can support them and what i can do to to be a resource for them but i do think it also does need to be communicated what i'm looking for in return and i was not nearly as good as that pre-pandemic i just kind of assumed that um you know through that initial meeting they knew that i was a commercial real estate broker And you would get me involved when you had a transaction, uh, uh, whether a lease, purchase or sale. And I'm what I've learned and what I believe I will keep with me is that in those in-person meetings, I still need to be very clear up front. My goal and objective is to build a meaningful relationship with you that's predicated upon us bringing value to one another. And in exchange, my goal is that I want to be your go-to commercial real estate resource. And one thing I almost never did pre-pandemic was ask people, hey, you know, we've known each other for two years now. I've referred you several clients. I've brought you to some great events where you've met a lot of potential clients. What is going on with your real estate needs? I almost never asked that. And I think that was to my detriment. Now, I'm a lot more comfortable saying, hey, you know, we haven't talked about this, but I'd be really curious, what's going on with your real estate needs? You know, how much space do you have? Where are you guys? Um, you know, oh, you own the building? Is it still working for you? Um, you know, whatever it is, I've just I've, I've the pandemic has taught me to be um, essentially to earn the right to ask about someone's real estate, you know, cause no one wants to be sold to in a very first call before you've established any trust or any form of relationship for them to say, Hey, tell me about this very personal topic of yours and tell me everything you know about it. And I'll tell you how I can help you with that. You know, so it's, it's definitely still a slower play. It's still built upon building a relationship where I'm providing value. Um, but the big change for me that I've learned during the pandemic is going forward that I do still want to make it clear what my revenue generating activity is, what my expertise really is. And that, that is what I'm interested. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not Mahatma Gandhi just going out uh, looking to help people. I'm not mother Teresa. Now that's not to say we don't do a lot Of charitable work and charitable giving outside of my core business. But this is my business where um, I try to earn money to support my family. And so this is a for profit business. And I think it's okay, that once I've built trust, once I've brought value to somebody that I can ask them. So we've known each other for a while now and gotten a couple of nice new clients out of our relationship. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with your real estate cuz I'd really love to be your go-to commercial real estate resource.
1: Which makes a lot of sense. Well, Bill, I, you know, in, in a very short time, you've managed to kind of open up my thinking certainly around networking its purpose, how it goes that, you know, and, and how it really needs to be more about building or filling the well as you said. I think that's a fantastic way to think about it and I will engage in questions around that discipline. Uh, probably for some time to come. So I, I really appreciate your thoughts. We've run out of time, uh, but I wanted to thank you for uh, coming on the A Fire podcast.
2: Well, it was my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: please visit afire.org slash podcast.